With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom coming to you on a Thursday. We will get into a ton of different things. We got Jesse Minter sticking with Michigan. Uh, He was a candidate for the Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator job. We'll get into some Big Ten basketball as the season winds down. A couple NBA decisions for the Michigan guys. We asked Hunter Dickinson the other day about uh, if he thought he played his last game at Chrysler Center. We can get into that. Jet Howard, Kobe Bufkin, you would assume, also have decisions to make. And then the last two regular season games for Michigan basketball, Illinois, and Indiana. We will talk about those. Make sure to like this video if you hope Michigan gets into the NCAA tournament for a seventh straight event. Uh, So hit that thumbs up button at the bottom and then subscribe to our channel as well. As always, we are creeping towards the 22,000 subscriber mark now. So join us there. And then always at thewolverine.com, $29.99 gets you premium access to our message board and all of our insider content until August 31st. So every day that goes by, that deal gets worse and worse. So take advantage right now uh, and get that premium access. And I also want to mention, fellas, that we are presented by a great sponsor, Vitamin Energy. I got my little shot here. I think I'm going to take right after the show. I'm trying to gauge out because you get seven plus hours of energy. So it's like, all right, what seven hours do I want? So I think I'm going to take it right after this. Going to be productive all day long. Vitamin Energy is a powerful, naturally caffeinated energy shot that nourishes your body with vitamins, supports healthy weight loss, and boosts energy for seven plus hours with no jitters or sugar crash. Um, It's been great to us. They sent us a bunch of packages. We've been slamming these things lately. Uh, Their mission is to make people healthier and more energized one day at a time. They've actually found that their primary audience is folks of 30 to 54 plus of age. So uh, I believe Anthony is newly in that uh, age group there, and I know he likes it as well. But it's naturally caffeinated, as we mentioned, as a green tea extract. It's gluten-free, vegan, kosher, uh, zero sugars, zero artificial flavors, zero carbs. There's something for everyone. They got the immune and mood booster. They got B12, vitamin D. Workout Plus, Sport Plus, Focus Shots, and more. I believe this is a Focus Shot. Yep. So I'll be focusing all day writing some articles and whatnot here for the Wolverine.com. No jitters or crash. Supports gut health. Energy with benefits. Let them help you uh, be your best version today. We got the deal. Wolverine BOGO is the promo code over at VitaminEnergy.com. You buy one, get one with that code. So Wolverine, B-O-G-O, at VitaminEnergy.com. Okay. Uh, thank you to Vitamin Energy. Let's get into this real quick before we move over to the basketball stuff. Uh, Jesse Minter didn't think, you know, I think, Anthony, you put it well the other day on the message board. It's all right. You can kind of breathe that sigh of relief if you're a Michigan fan because you don't have to have a fourth offensive coordinator in four years. You can have some continuity here. And I know there was continuity between Mike McDonald and Jesse Minter, you know, basically with Jesse Minter calling this year two of the defense. But it's still a big win to Uh, Be able to have a guy that I thought did a really good job last year. He was a Broyles Award finalist. Um, And, you know, with that defense, with all they lost, they didn't skip a beat. So I thought Jesse Minner did a great job. And uh, so some pretty big news for Michigan. 
whichever yes. one wants to hop in. I'm sorry. I'm not used to the the chain of command being that way while I was <laughs> off guard. Um, yeah, I mean, it didn't ever seem like they were truly in danger of losing Minter, but the possibility was always there. And when the defending NFC champions call, you pick up the phone, especially if you're a guy who has aspirations of coaching at the highest level of the sport. But doesn't matter now. Uh, they went with Sean Desai, a staffer with the Seattle Seahawks. So that is put to bed. We think all NFL stuff is put to bed now, except for these Wolverines uh, from last year's team that are participating at the combine this week. And yeah, it's, um, you know, for what my, for what my money is worth, I think that Minter is, is Harbaugh's best defensive coordinator by far. I think he did the best job uh, with the talent that they've had. Uh, I thought that his, his in-game adjustments, especially coming out of the locker room, I've never seen anything like that on a week to week basis. So the fact that you are getting him back and most of those pieces back and, you know, it's just another year of, of blood, sweat, and tears for everyone in this system, it's huge. And like you said, I know it's the system stayed the same, but especially you get this far into it, you've already started spring football. You're you're installing the bones of what your defense will be. To have to change who your play caller is, and depending on who you hire, maybe some of the the scheme that you run changes a little bit. It's just um, it'd be a step backward for a team that I think is you know all boats are sailing in the same direction right now in terms of what the goals are for 2023. So uh, it's huge for them. I mean, you, you don't, you celebrate the continuity. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, I, you know, maybe Jesse Minner wanted that job. So I'm not going to sit here and throw a parade because he didn't get it. But uh, for the here and now, um, great news for Minter, great news for Michigan and onward. And let's talk about that relationship between Jim Harbaugh and the Ravens and his brother and how fruitful that has been for them, really for both programs. Mike McDonald comes here, cuts his teeth, goes back, and now he's the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. And uh, Jim Harbaugh actually talked about that last week at his press conference, and he said, you know, uh, my brother is as good as it gets. This is the guy. You know, the, the, the Ravens and the, the Michigan connection is going to be strong and going to continue to be, and Jesse Minter was part of that as well. So you can tell that these guys are being well taught, and now we look at Jesse Minter, and basically, I'm not saying that he's mentoring Steve Klinkscale, but Steve Klinkscale knows the defense. If Jesse Minter were to move on in a couple of years, and I would expect that he would, right? He's got NFL aspirations. Uh, can Steve Klinkscale step in now and knows this defense? All these guys love him and respect him. Could he be the next guy? And then you have that continuity. That's what I like. So uh, I think it's good for him to interview. And I think in the future, it will help him. I do think if he has another great year, and I expect him to, guys, I expect this defense to be really good. And speaking to some people close to it, they think this defensive line is going to be even better than last year. Losing Mozzie Smith, even Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, Rayshon Benny's made huge moves on the interior line. And Chris Jenkins is going to be a stud. He's about 302 pounds now, I think it is. So that interior line is going to be as strong as it's been. So I think that defense is going to be really good if they find one more corner and it looks like they're on their way. So I give him credit for what he's accomplished. And like Jim Harbaugh said, he's not holding anybody back. When, when the NFL calls him, his players, his coaches, they, they're going to take a look, as, as they should, because that is the highest level of the sport. Yeah, no doubt. And here's the thing, too, about Jesse Minter. is like the beginning of the offseason, or even back in December when the college carousel was going around, Jesse Minter's name was kind of floated around there for some of the head coaching jobs. So he could get one of those in a couple of years as well, or next season or whatever. He did talk about last year, how he feels like, and he's actually coached in college longer than 
the NFL. So and, and his dad being a, a college coach. So he actually, you know, talked about how college feels like more of his forte. But as you guys both said, I mean, the, the NFC champs call, I mean, you're going to pick up the phone there and he does have that background in the NFL. So I think he would be a little more trusted than he's not just a regular college coordinator getting a call for an NFL defensive coordinator job. It's pretty rare. I know Jim Leonard's kind of one of those guys that have, has been in that boat, but, and he was a candidate for the Eagles, but so there's going to be options potentially for a guy like that. And as we talked about, I think last week, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good problem to have, uh, honestly, you know, you want to keep these guys around and I think Michigan's happy they did, but you also want guys that are in demand and that, that do have options because that means you have a really good staff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're rolling now, Chris Partridge, uh, his, you know, he's also a guy that has had coordinator experience and, uh, you know, is learning this defense as well a couple weeks in. But he signed a one-year deal only, it looks like, with his details coming out, $500,000. Originally hired as a defensive analyst, but since he was promoted to on-field, $500,000 for just one year, which I thought was a little bit surprising. But, uh, you know, who knows? In a couple of years, it could be him taking over the reins or, you know, in a combination with Steve Klinkscale if Jesse Minter were to move on. But uh, we are going to move on to basketball the big 10 just one of the more wild seasons i was looking back fellas at some of the big 10 standings over the last several years uh and just kind of what it looked like and there's just never been unsurprisingly never been a log jam like this in the middle where you lose a game you could fall to like seventh or eighth in the standings you win a game you're up at second right now michigan is the only team outside of purdue who already has a share of the big 10 regular season title with a mathematic chance to earn a share with Purdue. Purdue would have to lose out. Michigan would have to win out. Don't expect that to happen, but that's insane to say. But Michigan could also drop to ninth uh, by the time the Big Ten tournament starts next week. So it tells you everything you need to know. But we'll get to Michigan uh, in, in a second. But in terms of the Big Ten overall, I was thinking about this last night. Like, Who's actually playing the best out of, out of a Big Ten team? right now uh michigan comes to mind which is you know i guess not that surprising because they won six out of eight but there are a ton of teams right now that are up down you would probably say indiana and then they go and lose uh at home to iowa you know one game you could say that you know maybe they're still playing the best basketball but for your money who's playing the best basketball right now in, in the big 10 uh either of you guys go ahead anthony i'll let you lead today <laughs> I, for me, I mean, over the last three three games, it is Michigan. I mean, having the wins that they've had over, um, you know, you get that overtime win against Wisconsin. You go to Rutgers and get a win. Um, you take down Michigan State, who all of a sudden, um, you know, there's been rot, there's been bubble conversations about them that would have been even louder if they lost that game to Nebraska. Uh, according to my calculations here, um, Michigan. Nine seed is out of play, but it doesn't really matter because the eight seed is still in play. That's interchangeable in this game or in this projection, given that those two teams will play together. But according to the numbers I was crunching, because we have, you know, we have these schedule matrices now. We have the tiebreakers. We have the simulators. Michigan, uh, if Northwestern beats Rutgers on Sunday, Michigan can lose out and still have the seventh seed, which I think is okay for them because in this projection, it would have them playing uh, Wisconsin. Now, anything more than that. Um, and I was thinking about this, you know, you sit here and you watch this game uh, Wednesday night when Northwestern and Penn state were playing. And you're like, Oh wow. Penn state won. look, Michigan's now alone at number two in the big 10 standings. But um, 
it's weird to say like they could have they could be they could finish second in the Big Ten. Um, of course, they'd have to win out, but they could finish second, have one of those double buys, and still not be in the NCAA tournament field. So you sit here and wonder: is it more beneficial for them to slide back a little bit? Which, uh, again, uh, if they lose out, it seems like the lowest they can go is eight. Obviously, if you win out, highest you can go is maybe there's a less than one percent one percent chance that they could be the top seed. But you know, I think when I look at where the stretch run is for them. I think the most beneficial spot for them to be would maybe split one of these two games. And then you're playing, you're either the five or six seed and the first team you play, you'll play on Thursday and you get one of those teams that play on Wednesday night, which here's the thing is that, you know, this, this, there's such a, you know, a cluster bleep of teams uh, in this conference right now, but those, those bottom four, those are all, I mean, that's a pretty clear tier mark off. It's a, there's a drop off after that. So if I'm Michigan and I can not saying you manipulate your way to that happening, you want to win out here. That's, you know, you get the wins and then you're in the NCAA tournament field. But, you know, if we're looking at a scenario where if you can steal one of these next two games and then you're the five or six seed and you have a chance to pad your resume with a win against one of those Wednesday teams, I'm sign me up for that. I mean, that's, you want to win out, but I think that's the next best scenario that could be on the table for them. Yeah, I agree. And there's so much ball to be played, guys. It's almost like we don't know anything other than, you know, where they can or can't be in terms of, you know, like you said, two to two to eight at this point. Uh, is it going to be two? I would doubt it. Let's be honest. You know, I think there's a 10 percent chance of them winning both games. And but there's a chance. And the way they're playing now, as hard as they're playing, the interesting thing to me is how they're going to be playing when Jet Howard returns to the lineup, fellas. And they've been playing good defense, better defense. And you can tell that they're locked in. Uh, what are they going to do when Jet Howard comes back? How's the offense going to look? Uh, he's clearly a talent when it comes to scoring the basketball. At the same time, the ball sticks at times. They are a better defensive team when he is not on the floor. I don't think I'm breaking any ground by saying that. So, um, to me, there's still, still so many fascinating storylines here in this last week. So, uh, what I do know is that Michigan has as good a chance as anybody, no matter what the the pundits say and, and Vegas says at winning the Big Ten tournament because it's up for grabs, fellas. There is not one team. You look at Purdue, they've slid back. You look at Indiana, uh, they laid an egg. You know what? This could be the year that Indiana finally wins in Indiana. Or actually, they're going to Chicago. So it wouldn't even be in, in Indiana. It'd be in Chicago. So this could be the year that they win the Big Ten tournament. It could be. It could be literally one of what ten teams, eleven teams. So before Nebraska's awful second half. Of against Michigan State, I would have told you that you know that's a team I don't want to play if I'm Michigan. The way they're playing, they're play they were playing as just about as well as anybody. So, going to be fascinating. Uh, I mean, that's the fun part about this time of year. Now, the most fun would have been had they not choked on a couple of these games and they were right there. We knew that they were going to be in the tournament, but hey, you get in there, and as we saw last year as an 11 seed, uh, who's going to want to play Michigan? You know what? As an 11 seed at this point. Uh, especially if they're rolling like they are and the way that they've shown their improvement. I don't think anybody. So just get there and see what happens. That's all I ask. Let's have some fun with it. You bring up a great point. It's what we said last year is like Colorado state draws you as a six seed <laughs> and you're the 11 and you're like, wait a minute, they have the best player on the floor. You know, one of the best players in the country and, you know, they have talent around them, like young guys like Caleb Houston, who hit some big threes against Colorado State and things like that. 
you know, if those guys play well, which isn't always a given with young players, but if they do, the upside there is they're going to beat anyone in the country potentially. And they did that against Tennessee the next game. So it's a dangerous team um, for sure. And, you know, that's why I think, you know, I was talking to Brad Sturdy who covers Illinois for uh, IlliniGuys.com and I asked him for a score prediction for this game. And he said, he took it Illinois close, but he said Michigan's playing better right now. You know, Illinois has, has been up and down. They just lost to Ohio State, uh, which, by the way, for a 13th best team in a league, I mean, Ohio State's not bad, guys. Um, but, you know, so it's not the worst loss ever, but they did lose by 12. Um, you know, so Michigan is playing as good uh, as anybody right now. You know, we'll see when it, when it really comes, you know, time for the Big Ten tournament. Can they put together some wins in a row here? Uh, and, and this week will be telling as well. Like, can you go get a win on the road at either one of these hostile environments, Illinois or Indiana, when you need to? Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Uh, a couple other Big Ten things. I, I was thinking about this. I mean, it's still Zach. Like, I know Purdue's backing in, right? But it's still, for me, Zach Eady is, is player of the year and Matt Painter is coach of the year. Am I am I wrong that, that even though that's happening? And maybe also this, like, I was thinking about who's going to be coach of the year. It's like, it's Matt Painter. They were not expected to be this. I know they established themselves as this early on in the season, but they've still done a great job with, with freshman guards. Would you guys peg both of those guys as, um, as coach of the year and, and player of the year in the league? Both those make sense to me. I mean, if Northwestern hadn't just dropped three games in a row, I think Chris Collins would have had an argument for that, but for sure, for sure. I, I have no issues with that. Um, you know, Matt Painter has, I mean, they don't, they don't have down years. It seems like there's been a couple of those teams in the last few years are like, oh, well, this is finally where Purdue has to come, has to pay the piper. All these guys are moving on and they just find a way to reload and, and they keep going to Skull Island to get these giant um, seven foot five, seven foot six centers. Um, and I guess they, they have one now that will come after Edie. So yeah, um, I, it's, it's hard for me to argue that though. Uh, it's less than a 1% chance, but if Michigan does find a way to grab a share of the Big Ten title, I think you could argue Juwan Howard, but no, it's uh, it's definitely, it, it's Painter and Edie and I think everyone else right now. Yeah, Trace Jackson Davis uh, has had a great year, I think, right? And so he might be in the conversation, but uh, uh, Painter for me, and I love Matt Painter, I, lo- I like that program and I always have, and I know the respect that John Beeline had for Matt Painter. Uh, that guy is, uh, I think even Tom Izzo called him the best coach in the Big Ten. And uh, just the way he runs his program, they, you know what, they've got a couple freshmen there, freshman point guard, everything else, that um, they play so well together. And it's just, uh, it's pretty amazing what they've accomplished. So uh, I, I'd never, ever have had a bad word to say about Purdue, uh, and I probably never will as long as Matt Painter is there. So, but again, they're vulnerable, guys. And that's what's going to make this, this Big Ten tournament so exciting because there are so many teams right there on the bubble, too, that have so much to play for that there are going to be teams this year. You know, a lot of p- people say, well, it doesn't matter what happens in the tournament. The field is set at times. Well, this year it's going to be a bunch of teams that need that extra win or two to get into the tournament. So it's going to be fascinating. And uh, love it there at the United Center, guys. Looking forward to uh, getting down there with you fellas. Can't believe it's next week already. Time flies, but yeah. uh, we'll bring some vitamin energy with us and uh, and keep it going because we are packing for four days, guys. We are packing. That's what uh, I remember. Used to talk to Tommy Amaker and those guys and his assistant coaches, and they say, "Well, we're packing for four days." Back before, you know, of course, they would have been playing in that, that fifth day at times. <laughs> but uh, 
uh, and generally did not use all four of their outfits. But guess what? Michigan has in the past, uh, recent past. So uh, we will be there with uh, four pair of underwear, clean underwear. Yeah. Other than that, I'm wearing just the same thing every day. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe not four <laughs> pairs, but there'll be at least one or two you flip inside out. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> um. So, yeah, no, and a couple things on that, too. I think Trace Jackson Davis was almost right there. I think if he would have gone off on Saturday night in that win at Mackey Arena, he would have a real, real argument. He only scored 10 points. Yeah. Um, it didn't score until there were 10 minutes left, which is, shows you just how impressive that win was for Indiana. But uh, he would have had a real case there. And, hell, maybe Mike Woodson, uh, you know, if they win a couple more games, like if they didn't lose the other night to Iowa or um, – you know, last week to Michigan State by 15 points and actually we're kind of that team that's sitting in Michigan spot right now. I think he would have a case. But, yeah, Anthony, you bring it up. I thought about that, too, when I was thinking about Coach of the Year. If Jawan Howard somehow grabs a share, then you look at what the season's been. They started the preseason ranked number 22. So, And I do kind of hate a little bit how Coach of the Year is only, like, preseason ranking and how you finish or whatever. But um, you look at that. So, you know, they had pretty high expectations coming in. But you lose your your graduate point guard in December. You're you know starting freshman, and you know you're able to do do that. So I, I'm I wouldn't you know if I had a vote, I wouldn't put it in necessarily yet. But I think my money's on on Matt Painter right now. Well, and, um, and the final feather in his cap would be the fact that they've won games without Jet Howard, without Terrence Williams, and obviously most of this year without Jalen Llewellyn. So again, I'm not sitting here advocating for it, but you know we're sitting here three guys having a conversation on a podcast, I'll, I'll, I'll make the argument. I could have it, but to me, it's, um, I mean, Painter, Painter and Painter's just done an amazing job and continues to do an amazing job. And we'll see if, I don't know that this is the year that someone's busting through that ceiling to get the big 10, it's first national title in whatever, 23 years. But um, if Purdue doesn't go on a run with this team, when will they? Yeah, and they're young uh, still at c- certain spots. And I was actually talking to a Purdue insider about that. And he said, I don't think the upside is that that large. He said, he said we need to get – they need to get a Big Ten championship. And he said, you know, it's going to be tough for this team to make a deep run. Uh, and I get it. I understand what he's saying. Um, and I was going to ask you guys this. Who's the favorite, in your opinion, to win the Big Ten tournament this year? Because, uh, you know what, we can make fun of Michigan State for their collapse at Iowa – but before that, they played some really good basketball. We saw what they did at Nebraska in the second half. They played a good, they played a good game against Michigan. Um, so they seem to be starting to round into into form here a little bit. So I don't know that I would pick them to win it. Uh, I would be wary of them though. Uh, Indiana again, like I said, even though they boy did they did not come to play guys against Iowa. What an embarrassment. So which makes you wonder on Senior Day, are they going to come back and try to atone for it? I think that's going to make it tougher on Michigan. So uh, I don't know who to pick, guys, to win this Big Ten tournament. Like I said, it could be, it could be literally one of, of 10, 10 teams here. And uh, who would you go with? Well, that's the thing. I, one, I need to see the bracket because mm-hmm. so many tiebreakers need to play out. But I was going to mention Michigan State, too, as a team that's actually sneaky, like playing some of the best basketball in the Big Ten if you look at what they did before the collapse at Iowa, the second half at Nebraska. I mean, I know they didn't play well in the first half, but beating Indiana by 15 last week at home, you know, granted, and Indiana's a different team on the road, like every team in the Big Ten this year. But Michigan State, they got the veteran guards you want. I mean, I don't love their, you know, the rest of what they have. They're not very deep, but 
I, I mean, every team right now is super flawed. So I could say them. Um, I agree with you. I think Michigan has as good of a chance as anybody. I think Iowa, if they get hot, I mean, who knows? We saw it last year. They, I know that was a better Iowa team, still flopped in the NCAA tournament. But, um, you know, I mean, I could list off a number of teams. Penn State, you know. I mean, if Penn State doesn't blow that game on Sunday against Rutgers, they're they're on a five-game win streak right now. Um, you know, I so I don't know. Um, Anthony, what do you got on that? Listen, I mean, I I can't even pretend to have an inkling of knowing where this is going, given the seating and things like that. But I will say this. Um, there is a team and a player that no one wants to see right now. Uh, Clayton, you already know where I'm going with this. I don't think anyone wants to run into Kisei uh, Tominaga and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Um, I'm not arguing that they can win it. Uh, you come from Wednesday night. You're lucky to even get to Friday in a lot of cases. But that dude is – he's a shot maker. Uh, that team seems to feed off his energy and uh, on a neutral court. Who knows? I mean, who knows what happens? Uh, Ohio State – also, I would say is I, that team all year has been better. You know, the pieces are much better than what their output has been. Uh, we've seen them win a few games recently. They could be some, you know, they could give a team some issues, which is why, again, to play devil's advocate to my Michigan argument from earlier, you know, maybe maybe the five or six seed isn't isn't the answer either because one of those teams is starting to figure it out too. But, yeah, um, I like – I think I like the Indiana pick. I think I, I could get on board with the Michigan State pick, but – I got to be honest. I mean, it, everything just changes night to night. And, um, you know, I like the way that Nor Northwestern has played a lot of the year, but then you're kind of on the downturn here going to the, it's just, I have no idea. I don't have a, an, any sort of pulse on where this could go. So that, that adds a lot of chaos to next week and it's going to make it, a, I think a pretty fun and I don't know who, who the hell is going to survive the wreckage, but it's going to be a pretty chaotic and fun, you know, four or five days in Chicago, I think. We're going to survive it. We're going to have a blast, too, guys. I'm going to take you guys downtown to some of the hot spots. That, uh, man, this thing's been going on since 1997 or 98. Michigan won the first one, yeah. uh, even though they had the banner taken away. I'll never forget being there. I can't believe how long ago that was, guys. Uh, it's unbelievable, but it's such a great event and so much fun. And, uh, you know, I like it in Indianapolis better, but there's something to be said for the United Center, too. And uh, it's just it's, it's a great event. So we'll have a good time. No doubt. We haven't even mentioned Maryland, who has just the weirdest season of all time. Yeah. They're like the best team of all time at home. If they lose at Penn State this weekend, they will finish the Big Ten season with one road win at Minnesota. Um, so that's crazy. So, you know, I don't know what to make of that team. <laughs> I'd predict that. I would predict that they will lose there. And, Me too. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. State so so weird. Yep. But, uh, yeah, they and they're capable. You know, they've got players, but uh, you got to be able to win away from home, guys, in the postseason. And uh, they have not proven they can do that. For sure. Um, let's talk a little bit more basketball in a second. We're going to talk about some NBA decisions. But first, we want to hear from our sponsors. Prize Picks, it is basketball season is almost March Madness uh, is the best time of the year. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing Daily Fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers at prize picks. You aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, prize picks is the perfect game for you. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, 
WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and many more. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. I was doing some deep diving on the site on prize picks again this week, and I have two even crazier picks. I think I had cricket uh, and disc golf last week. I have trucks, the Camping World Truck Series. I got Kyle Busch. I don't know what even this means, but to earn more than 39.5 NASCAR points this weekend, I think. Uh, And then Call of Duty. So this is the esports coming into play. The Las Vegas Legion. I have them on map one getting more than 22 and a half kills. Um, so those are my picks for this week, and I hope they win. I think I won last week. So uh, I want to know. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you win on the disc golf and the other one? I think so, yeah. Okay, well, they, you should have stuck with disc golf and whatever. Because <laughs> Kyle Bush, there's no way Kyle Bush gets 39 and a half points. So I've got less than there. Uh, okay. I'm all over that one, so you're wrong. And then Hunter Dickinson, uh, more than – 17 and a half points, I believe it is tonight um, against Illinois. There's no Kofi Coburn in there. I think they're going to feed him and ride him. And uh, I think the big dog gets it done. And I think Michigan's got a good chance to win this game, fellas. I think they're going to come out and you're going to see them lay it all on the line. And uh, it'd be a, it'd be a huge win for Michigan basketball. I think that would punch their ticket. I could certainly see it happening. Uh, I am going with a Detroit double play this week. Uh, Antoine Davis. Uh, of Detroit Mercy needs 26 points to pass Pistol Pete Maravich for the the scoring title in all-time college basketball. I have him doing that. I have more than 28 and a half points. He's going to be out. He'll probably take 30 shots in this game uh, later on. So I'm going with Antoine Davis there. And then Dylan Larkin, uh, Seattle Kraken in town to take on the Red Wings. Going with the Michigan man who just signed an extension, eight years, I believe 8.7 million per year, more than three shots on goal in this game on Thursday night. So those are my picks for the week. I like it. Yeah. Antoine Davis, is he using a COVID year? Is that how he's kind of doing this? I think he I'm might. Not sure. Yeah. So pistol Pete didn't get a COVID year, unfortunately for him, but uh, okay. Well, great. Like, he might've gotten like a polio year or something. He played like 80 years ago. <laughs> Died at 40, man. You know, the thing about pistol Pete, he did an interview after he retired. He said, I don't want to be one of those guys that goes to the gym and dies at 40 of a heart attack in a pickup game. And then he went to the gym and he died at 40 of a heart attack in a pickup game, something you guys probably didn't know. Pistol Pete was a player before my time, but man, I've heard my dad say good things. Wow. That is insane. They have it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Antoine Davis, you know, maybe he'll get it tonight. That'll be interesting. I think he was, uh, he had a huge night the other night to even get close, I believe. But, uh, Join us over at Prize Picks. Get your picks in. Download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com. Sign up using the code Wolverine to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit 100, Prize Picks will give you an extra 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50. Don't forget that's the Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com and the code Wolverine. Uh, so as I mentioned at the top, you know, Hunter Dickinson hits the shot against Wisconsin. Um, you know, he's kind of the, the talk of everything there. And, you know, it's weird because it's it was senior night. They only honored Joey Baker. But there are also a few guys on this team that could be playing their last game at Chrysler. And we asked Hunter Dickinson that 
um, you know, did you think about that? Like, could this be your last game? And he, he said, I don't think so. I believe he means he doesn't think it was his last game. The question was worded, did it cross your mind that it could be? Uh, but, you know, he took a long pause. He said that he was caught off guard by it uh, and basically said, if it is, it was a hell of a way to go out. Um, let's start with Hunter. I guess it, have have we seen the end of, of Hunter Dickinson's career at Chrysler? And, and that's assuming they don't play there at the NIT. I know you get the jokes from like the Sparties or whatnot, like, oh, well, he's going to be there in two weeks anyway uh, for an NIT game. But uh, in terms of regular season, I guess, is that Hunter Dickinson's last hurrah at Chrysler Center for a regular season game? I don't think so. Uh, it just, to me, it, it all points to, you know, you, I track the NBA draft stuff and he's not on the radar there. I mean, I guess, is there a scenario where he could say, I feel like, you know, I've accomplished all I can here. And he say enters the transfer port. I don't see that. Like that's a pie in the sky thing. I like, he, I think he likes where he's at at Michigan. I think that uh, playing for Jawan Howard, you know, because he's such kind of like a cartoon villain at times, I think that uh, his relationship with Juwan Howard is uh, the way he leads this team. I think is overlooked because of how forward facing he is um, in terms of terms of acting like a pro wrestler at times. But I just feel like the the, the vibe, the um, the body language, just nothing about this year to me has really felt like last year. Kind of had the undertones of maybe it being a last ride, but. This year, the body language has just kind of been um, that of a relaxed guy that is pretty, pretty comfortable with where he's at and what his role is. So, uh, no, I don't think that that was his last game, uh, his last regular season game at Chrysler Center. He still could host the NIT there. I, I guess it's possible. But, um, no, I think that he'll be back next year and be a focal point of a team that you know finally should have some pretty good pieces returning, even if a couple guys leave. Yeah, we hope uh, you got to get a couple of those guys back. It was a great question by an astute young reporter, by the way, uh, as somebody brought it up on our message board and our Clayton safety is the one that asked it. And uh, you know what? He, he did seem, he's like, you know, uh, he seems happy here and he's making good money with NIL. There's no question about it. What's he going to do? Go overseas and, you know, make the same amount of money for a year or can he stay here and be the big man on campus, literally and figuratively, right? Uh, you can tell how much he loves Michigan and how invested he is. And I think he'd really like a championship or at least a, a chance to win it. If they come back next year with the team that they have now and, you know, if Kobe Bufkin stays, Jet Howard stays and improves defensively, this team would have a legit chance to enter the year as a top 10 team. So I think he sees that. I think he likes it here. I'm with you, Anthony. I think that he comes back for one more season. Uh, it's funny because we had somebody asked on our message board, you know, a couple months ago, do you really want him back next year? Hell yeah, you want him back next year. And uh, this guy, you know, people dog on him too much. They don't understand how hard it is to lug that much weight and that size up the floor and play that hard like he does every single night. Uh, I think he gets a bad rap from people who say he's not trying hard enough. He is kind of limited by who he is athletically, but I think the kid busts his butt for the most part, and it'd be great to have him back in the Michigan uniform for another year. For sure. I agree with you guys. I think he will be back. I wouldn't be totally shocked, though, if he decided to do something else. I think he could – you always hear about it. It's like a guy enters a transfer portal and their value goes way up. I'm not suggesting he's going to do that, but would it be completely out of the realm of possibility? Uh, I don't think so. But also, yeah, he could play somewhere else or maybe the G League or whatever. But 
I think he'll ultimately stay. And that that poll, by the way, that you're referencing for Hunter Dickinson, do you want him back, was not months ago. That was two weeks ago. And the split was like 50-50. This is after the Wisconsin game on the road. Then after the Wisconsin game at home, I decided to start the same poll. And the, I think it's 95% Hunter Dickinson. Yes, we want him back. So that just goes to tell you how fickle fans can be, one. Um, and I get it, you know, the ups and downs. But also, you know, it was like the ski mask thing. Here's the thing about the ski mask thing. Everyone hated it when they lose, which is fine. But then he tweets the the photo of him in the ski mask after they win, and everyone loved it. So it's just kind of the way things go, right? Winning is basically the only thing that matters. And I'll say this about his quote-unquote antics, too. Like, I don't think it affects that much of how he plays. I think, if anything, it motivates him. And he's done a really good job. Uh, he, he is, I mean, the double teams he's drawing, you know, it, it's kind of like a nose guard almost, like Mozzie Smith. It's like, where's the production hunter is very productive and so was mozzie last year but it's like at times you know you got to just realize the attention he's taking up also helps his teammates out i mean to lose that i think would be pretty big it's not a small thing to say oh yeah i want hunter dickinson to move on after this season but i I wanted to talk about him separately because i think the other two guys are kind of in a different bucket because you have jet howard who's a projected lottery pick and then kobe buffkin who's starting to pop up on mock drafts is kind of late first round I would put these guys in the category of they're probably going to be at the NBA combine uh, this summer because you can still come back afterwards. We've seen tons of guys do that, especially lately since they've changed the rules, you know, go see what you can do there. Um, Jet clearly has the, the higher chance of leaving. I would say my, my odds are probably individually jets more like a 50, 50 Kobe's maybe closer to coming back higher percentage. But the odds are, I think you lose probably one of them, and it, I guess it would probably be Jet in that case. What what do you expect out of these two? And I know there's still time to go, and I know Jet Howard, he's got to come back and play well, right, for his stock to stay where it is, things like that. And Kobe Bufkin, we'll see what he does down the stretch and, and how he would test and everything at the combine. But uh, you know, in, in terms of uh, in terms of those two guys, what are your thoughts? Yeah, for me, the gut says Jet leaves, but Kobe stays. I mean, you look at, I feel like every time I turn on SportsCenter every morning, there's two or three guys in the NBA that go off for 40 points. And you see games that are being played in the 130s and 140s. Um, the NBA goes through these cycles where, you know, they're, they're always in love with athleticism. But um, right now, shot making is the name of the game. And Jet Howard, when he's on, can hit from anywhere on the floor. And I think that even with some of his limitations – uh, he's a guy that I think the NBA still has a lot of interest in. And I think a lot of them still expect him uh, to wind up in this draft class for Kobe. I think it's, you know, if he goes on a tear, these next, I mean, he's been on a tear, but you talk about the, you know, hitting the jump shots and um, pulling up and sinking threes consistently. Uh, I don't think anyone questions the athletic profile. He's a little bit just slightly maybe undersized um, for the modern NBA game, but I, I think for him, you know, you see, you look at the next year, they already have next year mock drafts, which is insane uh, because some of those kids that are in it are still in, you know, seniors in high school. But um, there are people that think that if he stays and kind of continues to hone his craft, he's a lottery pick next year. So I guess it, it just becomes a matter of, do you want to go now or do you want to go next year where you can be someone who's in that maybe top 10, top 12 conversation? So uh, for me, I think my read on it would be that, Hunter Dickinson stays, Kobe Bufkin stays, Jet Howard goes, but I wouldn't be surprised if all three came back. Wouldn't be surprised if two of the three left. That's kind of just where my brain has been at right now. 
Yeah, nothing would surprise anymore. Last year it was Caleb Houston was only going to go if he was a top 20 pick guaranteed. Well, they found some agent to tell him that he was a top 20 pick, and guess what? He wasn't, but he went anyway. So you don't know what to expect. Uh, I would say I don't think Jet Howard's ready. I think he, he has a lot to prove on both ends of the floor. I think he's a good shooter, and uh, there are some things that he can do. Um, with Kobe Bufkin, I'm going to be very interested to see how teams play him down the stretch. And I wrote this in game observations immediately after Wisconsin. I was stunned because Wisconsin's a pretty good, pretty well-coached team defensively that they didn't take his left hand away. And that's exactly what Greg Gard said in his post game. He said, we let him get much too comfortable going left. There are going to be teams that take that away from him. And can he adjust? That's an area where he really needs to improve because he is so dominant with that left hand right now. But he is a kid who has no fear. I remember asking Juwan Howard after the game, is that, you know, now you've got a guy two weeks ago, you didn't have anybody who wanted to take the shot against Indiana, it seemed like. Now you got a guy in Kobe Bufkin. And Juwan said, oh, we got a lot of those guys. Well, no, you really don't. you got a guy now in Kobe Bufkin, though, that is kind of relishing that opportunity. And I think he's only going to continue to improve. But I think it would serve him well to stay another year. And, uh, and be that lottery pick and really be that guy, especially if Jet Howard leaves. Then it's really Kobe Buxton's show, right? With Hunter Dickinson, obviously. But uh, Doug McDaniel is going to be the guy to run the show. But Kobe Buxton is the guy where you're saying, okay, this is a next-level talent here. We've got a lottery pick. Let's really build some things around him. No doubt. I, I think they'd be a, a good team with those two kind of leading it. Doug taking a step and maybe somebody out of the transfer portal. And, you know, Jalen Llewellyn, as we talked about last week, you would you would think indication there is that he's probably going to return if they have a spot for him. So that could be a pretty good team next year. But um, yeah, for sure, we're going to leave it right there. Uh, by the way, Kobe Bufkin, seventy two percent at the rim this year. That leads all Big Ten players, including Zach Eady, all these big guys. Hunter Dickinson's down there at sixty eight percent, all the way down at number six. But uh, he's been incredible. Yeah, and you're right. I think sometimes it's, it's easier said than done to take him away from his left too, because he's so good at mm-hmm. somehow getting down there. Uh, to the left side but man he the jump he's taken I did an article earlier uh, this week about the jumps uh, the sophomore leaps that we've seen Michigan players taking there's been a lot of them over the last 15 years Karis LeVert comes to mind Nick Stauskas guys like that Darius Morris goes from I think three points a game to like 13 or 14 or whatever it was Um, and and he's he's one of them he had the third most points per game jump it's not the only metric that that you'd look at but uh, it's been impressive what Kobe Bufkin has done for sure. And and we'll see what those guys do. Uh, That's going to be our show for this week. Enjoy the game tonight. If you're listening before the Illinois game, we will see what happens in Champaign and then Sunday against Indiana. And then when we come to you next week, we are going to be talking about a big 10 tournament bracket. So we'll break that down on Monday night. Thanks to our sponsors, vitamin energy and prize picks. Make sure to join us at the Wolverine.com 2999 gets you premium access all the way until August 31st, takes you into the football season. Like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate you, and we will see you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.